0: What's going on, East Division or Mass Mutual East Division fan? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I'm here with a ton of hosts, which we will get to here in a second, but we do have to pay the bills really quick. So let me do a quick ad read from DraftKings, our gracious sponsor. The hits literally keep on coming from one boxing event to the next. They grow in excitement and anticipation, and this weekend is no different, with two of the sport's most respected fighters stepping into the ring Saturday night. There's no better place to get in on all the action than DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. For this weekend's fight, DraftKings is offering all new users a shot at turning $1 into $55. To celebrate this weekend's huge event, DraftKings Sportsbook is offering new users the opportunity to get 55-1 to odds on either main event fighter to win this weekend's fight. That's $1.00. And if the fighter of your choice wins, you win $55. Plus, with basketball and hockey playoffs right around the corner, DraftKings Sportsbook has even more ways for you to make it rain. DraftKings Sportsbook is safe, secure, and reliable, meaning you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code THPN when you sign up for a limited time all new users can bet $1 to win $55 on this weekend's main event. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook is going all out for new users by offering them the chance to win $55 when placing a bet of $1 on this weekend's big fight. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code THPN and thank us later. So, Mass Mutual East division fan, we have put together this roundtable, and I'm just going to go around and uh, toss the mic around and let Everyone introduced themselves, so uh, we'll start. I guess i um, top middle, Nick Nick Berlansky. How you doing? What's buddy?
1: Going? I'm doing good. I'm glad to be here with you boys. I'm sad I missed the first one, but Horwat ragged the puck pretty well for our podcast. Of course, I am the host of the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, covering the Pittsburgh Penguins, who by the end of tonight should be, and I emphasis on the should be back in the top position <laughs> of this lovely East Division. So I'm glad to come here and talk to the plebeians of the of the. Uh, the division and i'm just ready to talk because i feel like there's a couple of topics that are gonna be pretty interesting today oh yeah matt what's up
2: what's going on so uh yeah matt matt renick pigeon number two i guess <laughs> of the three three pigeons podcast um we have the boys outnumbered here with two of the three pigeons on here so i like our chances tonight
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah i like our chances more than i like the flyers chances tonight um <laughs> this is joe gazarian pigeon number 3 um yeah you know this uh this season did not go the way you know i i, I think a lot of people thought it would for the uh, for the fly guys but still a lot of other fun things to talk about and still playoffs to watch so uh, we're, we're still hockey fans at heart we're going to watch regardless of the boys in orange and black are in or not so still from, some fun things to talk about
0: absolutely andy what's up dude oh
4: no um, um, existence is pain. I've been up since 3 a.m. Uh, of course the day where I, I'm literally running on fumes, everything happens. So yeah, I'm, uh, like I said, I'm running on no sleep, but I'm, I'm ready. I, I have my, uh, my wrists are taped. You can't see them, but I'm ready to go. <laughs> Absolutely. Mass mutual division, watch out.
0: <laughs> so just to review, Nick here yeah. is, uh, repping the Pittsburgh Penguins. The two pigeons, uh, Matt and Joe are repping the Philadelphia Flyers and Andy of the Broadway boys podcast is going to be repping the New York Rangers. And of course me, the hockey troll representing the greatest team in the NHL, the Washington Capitals. So, um, i guess, where do we want to start boys? There's a lot. I mean, there's a lot. I'm so glad Andy's here. Um, I know I'm going to be in a minority, uh, in more than one way, uh, today in this podcast. So, uh, do we want to get into the Tom Wilson talk or we want to talk like playoffs and how the teams are No, have
4: no, I'm not. I need to I need to work my way up to that. Let's <laughs> okay. let's 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 take care of a little business, a little house cleaning up top. And then we can <laughs> let this devolve because I got to save my voice for that, I think.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, um, I think we should start with the Philly boys because I have a bit of a bone to pick with them, considering they were my pick to replace the Pittsburgh Penguins as the Philadelphia kind of placeholder in the top of the, uh, mass mutual East division. So, you know, what say you boys?
3: I don't think you were wrong to think that. I think we all thought that for, for a good bit. I mean, this team was, was trending in all the right directions. Um, you know, they were one of the hottest teams in the league right before COVID hit last year, the bubble, the, um, the games before the bubble, they were just destroying teams, but it just turns out, I guess those teams weren't really trying. Um, and then the playoffs came and, and the Flyers were just, they were, they were nowhere to be found. They were not the same team they were the rest of that season. So, um, it was strange. I mean, easy to chalk that up to, you know, it being COVID and it just being a weird time. Um, but we've just seen the same, same kind of, of themes that were progressing through the offseason or through the playoffs, I should say. They've just, manifested into this entire season and and matt can like i said he's the more analytical one so he he can talk a little more about it but uh definitely tough not the year anybody was expecting or or definitely wanted so
2: yeah i mean i agree it's i've never seen an nhl team defend as bad as this team has it's like you can look at the goaltending and we have it's pretty close to historic like the historically worst duo i think it's pretty close. It's it's up there. And I think we're closing in on like our oh seven, oh eight season when we were the worst team in the NHL. We're closing in on the most pretty much matching those goals against from that season. Um so it's just night after night, players wide open in the slot, turnovers just looks like a team that's kinda of quit on the coach. So as I mentioned before we hopped on here, we're we're very interested to see what Chuck Fletcher has in mind for um the off season, because there, there better be some changes. Otherwise Comcast is going to have some trouble getting fans in the door.
0: Yeah. So it's interesting that you are attributing the downfall start in the bubble and not, it just was like the season started and everybody came out flat. Uh, and is that right? I mean, am I, am I hearing you correctly as far as it was just the bubble from to now, or is it, are you chalking? I mean, cause it is, like you said, easy to, Chalk up the bubble as being like, "Well, yeah. fuck it."
3: It was. It was. Um, it's just the same themes, like, like Matt, Matt talked about. Just people just being alone in the slot. Um, just real lack of jump um, f- from the get from a lot of these games. And, and this team's historically been slow starting for the past, I want to say, probably ten years. But um, shot quality, shot chances, just shot totals—that was a big issue in the playoffs. We especially against the Islanders, and they play such a heavy defensive game um, trots, by the way, for my money, he's probably the best coach in the NHL, um, Thank you. Yeah, but he <laughs> yeah, he, 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 definitely is. Um, but we just keep seeing the same themes and, you know, it'd be one thing if if they were able to shake it off, but it, they manifested from the, from the bubble, from the playoffs immediately in, into game one and game two against the Penguins, the first game of the year, the second game of the season. I, or you could pull the tape, I told them, I was like, listen, guys, I-, I got a bad feeling. This defense, they're guys wide open, more breakaways than I could count. And it was the same thing against the Islanders. Every time you looked the other way, Mark Bell's, uh, uh, Barzell or-, or Bolivier was going the other way, and it was a 2-on-0 or a 2-on-1. So um, the only real difference was um, goaltending. Uh, Carter Hart was actually really good last year. In the playoffs, he was spectacular. He had a couple shutouts against Montreal. And you know, even when he had a bad game, he would answer it with a terrific game. And that's not really been the case this year. Um, the goalies really bailed this team out early, and then, I mean, you can only ask your goalies to do so much. Um, they were winning a lot of games early; they weren't they weren't supposed to be winning, and eventually, that that kind of luck just runs out. So,
0: absolutely. So, are you that's in the mind of familiar. blowing up? Oh, sorry, Andy, what were you saying?
4: I said that sounds vaguely familiar to me. <laughs> sure, yeah, um, <laughs> as. And I only say this because Canucks fans warned Rangers fans. They said, I know you're all high on this guy and he's going to come in and it's going to be great because he's going to stretch the ice out. Your offense is all of a sudden you're going to score a lot more off the rush and you're going to free up some of those forwards who have been uh, playing, you know, who maybe had been uh, corralled into, you know, just maybe adapt playing their style, playing a little too conservative and it's great, but, as time goes on, if your goaltenders aren't up to the task, I mean, it, it ta- definitely taxes them in terms of just stretching the ice and not having uh, the support, you know, constantly. So, I mean, uh, there's no doubt in my mind that Carter Hart will, will, rebound. You know, he was so good last year and yeah, just, uh, I just think getting off to the start he did this year. It's just, yeah, it's not easy, especially in, you know, everything else going on this season is a difficult season under these circumstances, but yeah, you you do have to wonder, you know, because and that's the other thing with uh, Alain Vigneault coach teams is that he is not big on making adjustments, although, you know, we, you could have said the same thing for John Tortorella and he eventually saw the light on that. So who knows? Maybe he does adjust to uh, the team he has in front of them. But yeah, I just think right now. Like uh, I think Joe put it perfectly, you can't just leave all that on your goaltender for over a full season, even a half a season under these circumstances. It's just too much. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. But, you know, I I mean, I just look for a team like the Rangers just changing. They're getting a new defensive uh, uh, coach over the season has worked wonders for them. So, yeah, who knows? Maybe. Maybe without removing AV, shake up to his assistants. It might be just what the doctor ordered. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Preaching definitely there.
3: This is uh, a yeah. this is a a non uh, <laughs> uh, Michelle Terry and uh, non friendly podcast for, uh, or, for the three or, Mike Yeo, who's or Mike
1: Yo or
2: Mike Yo the um, worst penalty kill in the league and the worst yeah, defensive so. team in the league.
4: So
1: you don't have to tell me that twice. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs>
1: it's
4: yeah. funny. You, Nick, that- you go, go. ahead, go ahead. So- no, I was gonna say, Berlansky, Jacques Martin is awesome. I don't know why you guys let him go. Like, yeah, the Rangers like- actually have a good penalty kill now. He's he's this guy's real good. You know, for <laughs> for once, the Rangers actually have good defense, at least five on five. You know, so
1: well something had to change after they lost to the Canadians, and they weren't gonna change much about their roster. So they said, you know what, no. assistant coaches? Who needs assistant coaches? And you That's know, right. Martin was the one that we were all surprised about, but Gonchar and Reki, you could kind of see the writing on the walls for them.
0: Yeah. So for the Flyers are they blowing it up? What would you uh, Matt and Joe like to see?
3: Go ahead Matt you you can take the reins on this But I feel like I talked
2: a lot. No I mean we kind of talked about this on our last podcast is my initial thought is I would really like them to, to see kind of making a deal with Seattle to take JVR or Jake Voracek. Not because I don't think they're good players I think they have, I mean, they've both been extremely productive for us this year. Um, but that seven to eight million dollars could be better used else used elsewhere. Um, specifically, I mean, I don't know if I like or love our chances of getting a Dougie Hamilton. I have no idea why he would leave the Canes unless they just weren't willing to pay him what he's worth. Um, but if we're able to kind of swap out that eight or so million dollars, seven eight that we're paying those two players for, and using that money on the back end to really shore up the defense. That's something that we really like the idea of. We're also kind of eyeing just some player for player deals, right? Kind of swapping out certain players and the I don't even know what he's considered the president, I guess of the Flyers, Dave Scott came out and mentioned that he doesn't foresee them needing to blow it up in the sense of a rebuild. Um I just think there needs to be a dynamic sh- a, a shift in the locker room changed the dynamic, not the same kind of same leadership we've seen over the past three, four, or five years. Um, because as like the even the, I look to the Wild, right? Like the Wild made some weird moves this off season. Obviously, they brought in um, always mess up his name. Was it Kaprizov? Kaprizov, um, yeah. So obviously, he's a big part of that. But it speaks to kind of chemistry, and I think the Pens are bring that up well too is that they have just players in the bottom six who are not big name players but they work well together and they've had success so i think just a shake up in the locker room leadership core um, maybe like one or two big names getting swapped out for some other names maybe it's calgary maybe it's the stars um, there's some teams that have been struggling in a certain in a similar position as we have so i think there's some deals to be made it's just going to be tough with a flat cap yeah
0: absolutely. yeah
3: I, 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 and when we say leadership, we don't mean Claude Giroux. Yeah. I want to, yeah, it's, he, we've watched, I've watched almost every single game this season. I've, I've missed maybe just a small handful. Um, that guy, he gives everything every single night. Uh, he, he, he's the kind of leader that leads by example. Um, and I think with this team, that just doesn't really work as well as it should. Maybe it's, it's because a lot of them are still young with connecting. and, and Patrick. Maybe that's not the kind of leadership style they respond to, um, but they definitely need um, somebody with uh, maybe just a a more boisterous presence, somebody that's going to talk a little bit more in the locker room and kind of lay down the law. I think we had that person in Wayne Simmons. Obviously, you know, his his time came to an end. It was the time for him to move on, Um, but they lost that kind of locker room presence, someone who's going to, you know, make it more accountable. And we've talked about this on the pod too, where, you know, this team has been together. A lot of these players have been together for so long that it's very easy to get complacent. Um, and you know, you you become really good friends and you know, each other's mannerisms, you know, everything about each other, the chances of you, you know, stepping up and saying what needs to be said, probably not going to happen as much because you're really comfortable with one another and you don't want to, you know, you don't want to lose a friend. Um, and it just kind of feels like it's time that they need another voice. Like Matt said, another kind of just change up the locker room, get somebody in there. Um, Kind of remind these guys that, Hey, you're getting paid, you know, millions of dollars. It's time to produce, you know, so we'll see. Uh, definitely I see some hockey deals coming if they can pull them off. Um, Chuck Fletcher has an enormous, uh, <laughs> he's, he's put a lot of pressure on himself because he obviously it's tough and we understand that it's tough with a flat cap, but you know, the buck's got to stop somewhere. That's what I kept saying in the last episode. Buck's got to stop somewhere. He's the general manager. He's got to make it happen. So. We'll see. This is going to be the biggest off season hands down since the Flyers probably since they moved Carter and Richards for uh for Brisgalov, um, and you know, got Brayton Shen and and Simmons uh ten years ago almost. So we'll see. Big
0: off seasons ahead. Absolutely. No doubt, no doubt. Well, uh, do we want to shift to the other team in pit in Pennsylvania? Uh like fuck that state. I mean, I'm so I'm sorry, guys, but <laughs> fuck in Pennsylvania. Hershey can stay. Hershey can stay, but uh so what's up, Nick? how How are the How are the Penguins looking? It are they still atop the division, or will they be after tonight?
1: Uh, right now, they're currently leading three to one in a what's getting a much more interesting Flyers game because they yeah. getting really chippy over there. I know I just saw Gosses bear crush Cody Cece. Crosby was driving Konechny's head into the ice about five minutes ago, so it's it's getting some classic Pens Flyers, and I'm starting to enjoy it, but you saw how they were over the the weekend hockey troll. They were doing pretty good when they were in DC. So that's been basically how they've been the past month and a half. They've been able to play consistently, even though they've been having injuries basically throughout their entire forward lineup. Monday night was the return of Evgeny Malkin. It didn't go as planned tonight going a little bit better, but they're starting to get healthier. Uh, As I say that every time it seems like a penguin gets healthy, a penguin gets hurt. So it's just a story that they have to keep playing through and hope that when the next guy comes up, he continues to do what everybody else has done this season and kind of just defy the odds yeah. and still produce, even though they haven't played. And like Mark Friedman, we were talking before the podcast, has now played four games <laughs> with the Pittsburgh Penguins and all against the
0: Flyers. <laughs>
1: yeah, all against the Flyers. So will he play on Thursday against the Sabres? Probably not because he can only play against the Flyers and black and gold. So it's. It's been a really, really intriguing season as far as the injury is concerned, but they've somehow pulled it off. They're in the playoffs again. My bet is still alive with Hockey Troll. It's going to come down to a probably a series between the two, which will make for some very interesting content.
0: Yeah. Um, all right. Well, whatever. Andy, what's up with the Rangers?
4: <laughs> um, you know, other, other thing, issues aside – at the beginning of the season, James and I were asked, we asked each other what our predictions for this team were. And we said they're either going to sneak in by the skin of their ass or they're going to miss by, you know, inches. And it looks like the, they're just going to miss, you know, just miss out. Um, and it's weird. So you'd think, you know, I don't know. I thought I, I would be happy with the, the progress that, you know, you've seen from just cause they're, they're still the youngest team in the league um, mm-hmm. as of right now. And just the amount of, it seems like every five games they have a new uh, rookie just jumping into the lineup. I think, you know, just alone this season, we had, you know, Lafreniere, um, off Zach Jones, K Andre Miller, uh, a few, Tarma Reunion, and a few other guys just, you know, come in, eat, whether it's for Morgan Barron, whether it's for a cup of coffee, or, you know, just for the rest of the season and try to solidify spots. And I, I also mentioned on our last podcast with James is that now that the expectations are finally starting to come that, you know, you, after they put out that letter, you only have a couple of years before you can kind of insulate this group from like, well, you, you should on paper have some of these pieces in place. So what, so what do you have to show for it? And I don't think it starts this season, but it definitely starts next season. And I think, uh, for reasons we're going to get into later, I think a big, uh, of contention between most of the Rangers fan base is the construct or how the type of team they're constructing because I, I think it's no secret that, um, in the past, you know, it was Longquist and a bunch of like good, albeit not like very great players, and now they've gone out and they've gotten so many high skill players, but the problem is they kind of now they lack the opposite, they don't have the The lunch pail, just, you know, uh, seasoned NHL vets who can log big minutes. You know, it's it's that inexplicable thing. It's like, why is if you put a guy like Andy Green onto your decor, even though he's old and slow as molasses, why are they instantly better? Even though on paper, he's not a very good player anymore. I just think it's about just a comfortability factor and just having guys that understand situations. Because that's the biggest thing is that this Rangers team is. Been Jekyll and Hyde all season in terms of when they're, com- you know, they're young. So when they're confident and they're on, they're scoring, you know, six to eight goals. And when they're not, they just they're blowing leads left and right, and you know they can't close. And they just, you know, if they get deflated very easily, and you know, it's a mark of a young team. So, you know, I can't say I'm too disappointed with the way the season's gone. I mean, I'm disappointed with the way some things have gone this year, but yeah, it's just it, it was a difficult season, I think, and especially down the stretch, and just to. Just to get that close and then just get deflated like this is just uh, yeah it's been rough but um, I don't know I guess I don't have too other than that I don't have too much to complain about.
0: But Andy, I mean, to to the Rangers' credit, their rebuild has gone damn near flawlessly. I mean, it's impressive. they a little bit of luck in that though
4: sure. with the picks. Yeah, there's a little bit of luck. But in awesome everything. Well, you know, I, as far as the that I would say, you know, I look at Buffalo and trying to you know go for mcdavid they don't they get eichel and then they finally get dalene but at the same time i i honestly it's like i think everyone has known what the rules have been forever and the rangers in both seasons said no we're not going to tank we're going to try to keep our competitive flare up you know because that you know james and i talk about this all the time you look at the, the some of these uh franchises that can't I mean, they either can't break out of purgatory or if they do, it's only for a season like Arizona or Buffalo, who's still what a decade removed from making the playoffs. Like (laughs) you can invite what you can invite that. Like we're going to, we're going to burn everything down and lose to your doorstep. Just don't be surprised if it's hard to like, you know, when it's time to finally, all right, we should be good now. Like this is the season. And it's all of a sudden that that just those, that mentality seems to linger. So I I do give the Rangers credit for saying we're going to, try to have it both ways you know we're going to try to be a competitive you know and yes they were obviously very lucky in that you know they they jumped so many spots to draft caco uh two years ago and then last summer they actually make you know on a technicality mind you they they somehow make it to the play and they don't uh, and they don't you know they they get trounced by carolina but because of that they end up uh drafting lafreniere first overall but you know, at the same time, that's another thing. I think you're going to have Rangers fans be upset that we didn't get the first overall pick or the second overall pick in a you know, center heavy draft because that's, you know, the Rangers are uh, flush with wingers right now. So there's always something to complain about. But as far as the rebuild goes, I'm very excited. But I think now, unfor- or I guess fortunately, depending on how you look at it, they're going to have to make some tough decisions because they're going to have to flip some of these guys to maybe plug the spots in their lineup where they're deficient. And. You know, you have to make sure if you're going to let a kid go and he if you replace him with someone who doesn't pan out and the the asset you let go just blossoms elsewhere into a star or just a a high profile player. You know, know, that's definitely the risk for them. So but no, I mean, as far as the rebuild has gone, I think it's been uh, yeah, I have very little complaints with that on that front with Jeff Gordon. I think he's done a very good job, you know, contracts and resigning guys, not so much, but at least in terms of. As an architect for the rebuild, I, I couldn't be happier with that.
0: Word. Absolutely. Um, well I guess I'll go. The caps are, you know, they're the they're the Washington fucking capitals. They they're they're I mean, they're a a playoff lock, I think, every year. Um despite whatever weird dramas going on right now with Samsonov and Kuznetsov and Laviolette. Uh making the move for Mantha. I think was the right thing to do. Uh as evidenced by his performance and by Verona kind of breaking out of his shell in Detroit. So, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, I think that home ice advantage is pretty important in the playoffs in this division coming up. Um, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it's tough to say. I think that the really hard out that, I mean, we have the Rangers Philly twice and then Boston again. So, we had the hardest, uh, well, the hardest strength of schedule on the last half, whereas the Penguins, you know, they had the easiest. Uh, I wonder who set that up, <clears throat> NHL. Um, but you know, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how it goes down the stretch. And I'm not. I mean, well, we're in the stretch, so the last few games left, and um, it'll be a dogfight to the end. I think. Uh, right now, I do believe that the East is locked. Right with playoffs, uh, the Islanders locked the pins and caps are locked and I think Boston is in, right?
1: Boston locked it up on Monday night with their win. So the four teams are locked, but the seating could go in any which direction as of right now. Fourth place through first place is still undecided completely.
0: Absolutely. Um, I wouldn't mind taking the Islanders in the first round. Berlansky, what, what, what do you think? I, well, I we know. need – we, and the reason I, I say that is because – I think that the Caps need a little bit of a redemption from the bubble. Um, and I think that their regular season performance, not that it matters, uh, has shown that maybe giving them a little bit of a boost. But anytime you give a Caps team a boost, it's like they're, they're like, oh, they, we can easily beat this team. And then they go and shit the bed. So, uh, which happened last year. So, but I, I still think that we need a little bit against, uh, old Trotsky and, uh, and the Isle. Uh, so, that's my pick for who I want to match up against with home ice advantage. So I don't care if we get the second second seed there and not win the division again. You know, Ugh, so many division titles. But uh, Berlansky, who do you want to play the first round?
1: Pretty much. It doesn't really matter who the Penguins play just because it's going to be a tough draw no matter who we end up facing up against. Home ice advantage is pretty big for Pittsburgh, too, because they're roughly – 500 on the road, but at home they only have about five losses on on the entire season. So home ice advantage is going to be huge. If you look at the way that they've played, they've played the worst against Boston, and it kind of makes sense. Crosby has never really had a big presence against the Bruins, whether that be at TD Garden or not. I mean, we've only won one game at TD Garden since 2014, so that's kind of inviting danger whenever you go into the playoffs. I think the sentiment is pretty even across penguins land that it's either the capitals or the islanders just keep us away from boston and just because one i love capitals postseason series i think they're the funnest thing in the world of course you do it, it invites craziness and it invites chaos and i mean it also helps that we win 90 percent of the time but the islanders oh. as well there's something to be said about getting revenge for the penguins as well and from 2018 so who knows we'll have to see
0: absolutely it's- uh yeah, Joe, go ahead. Who? What do you think? Uh, the, I was going to say matchups look like.
3: It's funny. So, so last year i I have a I had a buddy who, who's a, who's a big Caps fan. So I've actually I've enjoyed the Capitals a lot. I I really like the style of hockey they play for for the last couple of years. I thought they've been really good. Um, but I had a really bad feeling about the Islanders last year, and you Matt can attest. I called it. Uh, I said that the Islanders were going to wreck them. I just had a really bad feeling about it. Um, sure enough, they did. Um, but this year I had Capitals making it and the Pens missing the playoffs. Um, so it's funny. You guys are both in. We're the odd man out. So I, I like how the, the shoe's on the other foot here. But um, I, I am petrified of the Islanders, man. I just – I am. We have – the Flyers have had really bad luck with them the past couple of years. It's funny. We've had seasons where we've dominated uh, the Capitals most recently. For some reason, we've had their number. Not really this year, but the last – like I wouldn't say two years, we've played them really, really well. Yeah. penguins it goes back and forth it kind of switches like every three years one team is better this year ironically we've we've had most of the wins this year um against the pens but man I, if I, boston boston or the isles i i i don't know the islanders scare me I, I really like Sorokin. i think he's a good goalie um and trotz like i said is is the best i think he's the best coach in the nhl he gets that team to perform like, like it's, it's the greatest group of role players of all time. And each one of them knows exactly what role to play. Um, they're a very well oiled machine. So we'll see. I, I would be petrified if I was either of you to play the Islanders, but maybe that's just because they destroy us. So that could be bias.
0: Well, and that I think that you, you hit on a good point there is that with Boston and with, uh, the Islanders, you know what you're going to get from that team night in and night out. And they deliver, you know, varying shades of that same exact game of, of good defensive, uh, uh, positioning and, and, you know, keeping people out of the middle and, and forcing pucks to the, to the boards and then beating you off of them. So I think that that's kind of a, a, a huge, you know, it's, it's, you know, what you get every time and they either play that amazingly well or good. And that's still even at good, hard to beat. Um, whereas the penguins and the caps are a little bit more freewheeling at times, uh, and maybe defense goes on the lay, on the wayside. Uh, so definitely an interesting point. Um, but yeah, I'll still stick to my guns as far as I think that the island is, uh, where we need to, we need to go through them, then possibly Pittsburgh. And then it's a cup for sure. It's a lock, I think. Uh, <laughs> not worry about the West,
3: eh? They're, uh, they're just a bunch of, they're nothing out there. Colorado and even, uh, Minnesota is, is, I think they're five and zero against Vegas. They've just been steamrolling uh teams out there that uh that Kaprizov that guy can play man
0: well the west is where all the big bodies and and you know speed goes but the east is where all the talent talent is that's how I that's how I look at it you, know, you, you have, really think that? What, look you, at that avalanche, man. You have McKinnon. <laughs> like okay, fine. You have McKinnon. That's like one McKinnon. or two guys. Yeah, they
3: dry McDavid. Of just a couple of small guys. They're they're not important. They're mm. they're
1: fine. Mm. If anything, I think it's more unfortunate for whoever comes out of the East. No matter. I'm not even going to try to make a prediction because it's going to be just a murderer's row in that first two rounds. Whoever survives those first two rounds, they're definitely going to be depleted in most categories. Going up against maybe a North Division team who's going through—I don't want to say a patty cake division—but comparatively, they're they're definitely going to have the hardest road to the semifinals, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I agree, and uh, God, I mean, it's insane to me that a Canadian team is going to get a ticket to the to a final. So, you know, I guess that's what we get for COVID cup bait or version 2.0. But uh, Andy, uh, what's your, what's your playoff? What are you looking forward to watching in the playoffs?
4: Um, yeah, I mean, you know, obviously I'm actually really interested to see, I would love to see a, a cat's lightning first round just cause Ooh. it's crazy that they haven't, uh, that, that hasn't happened yet. And especially cause Tampa hasn't looked as, Motivated as they did last year, obviously, what they were on a mission. But you know, uh, Florida finally having controlling their own destiny a bit, especially with you know in the beginning of the year with them calling out the leadership, and you know they were going to sit Yandel to break a streak because they thought this group didn't have it, and they just they've been off to the races since then. They're they're for real. Uh, Carolina again doesn't get talked about a lot, but they're you know one of the best teams in the league this year. Colorado, self explanatory, what they've done with losing a guy like McCarr for most stretches and, uh, and now that, you know, he'll be healthy and and ready to go. It's just, yeah, like you said, this is the mass mutual division is just, it's iron sharpening iron, but each team's going to, if they lose, they're going to take their pound of flesh and just getting out of it, especially, and, you know, say what you will about those teams in the North. But, um, you know, if, if let's say Toronto has a pretty easy path out, you know, they can, they're, they're still figuring out how to maybe, uh, play defensively they've been better this season but they can score goals and you know if you have a, a relatively frosty and fresh matthews and marner and Tavares and nylander and you just got out of a war with a team you know you you finally make it out of uh, the east division you know going to war with either the bruins or the islanders or just a heavy you know team that suffocates you and lays the body and doesn't shy away then all of a sudden you you're, you're kind of used to that and then you just have uh a high-skilled team that's just buzzing around the ice and you're just kind of, you know, you're feeling your legs. Yeah, I, you know, I do worry about those teams, but still at the end of the day, I do think, um, you know, if I have to, I do think it, it'll be a team from uh, the Mass Mutual division uh, against, it. you know, pro- probably the, the the Avalanche, you know, so we'll see uh, how they do the seeding, but yeah but at the same time like i said i carolina i just have a feeling about them this year i think they're my they're my cup winner this this season so so
0: glad they got out of the division for sure um because they were really making the caps look dumb in a lot of different ways
2: <clears throat>
0: uh matt what's up dude what what, what's, what are you looking forward to?
2: Well, I wish I could watch the avalanche out here. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. Tell them. This. I don't
3: think they know. Uh, maybe some of you guys know. but I, I always butcher it, but
2: it's essentially like, yeah, whatever deal they have with. Um, altitude. Yeah, altitude. Mm. You can't watch the games. So my roommates here are are Avs fans, and it's a travesty not to be able to watch, like, probably the most exciting team in the NHL. So it's just blacked yeah. out. Can't watch it on, like, the NHL app. So that's been pretty brutal and I think like the only way we can really watch it is like I guess certain bars that have certain internet connections are able to watch the game. So that's really the only way in which I could watch them this season. So that would be terrible If like a Vegas Avalanche yeah. series would be unbelievable. But then I'm sitting here and just yeah, going to have to find like a VPN that is hosted in like Norway to be able to watch it or something. <laughs> so. I got you, man. I got you. Don't worry. But um yeah, I mean I, I think just reiterating a lot of what you what you guys have said, I do believe as though um that the Bruins, if they can get healthy on the back end with the addition of Taylor Hall really sh- shoring up that top six, they I mean with that top line of Marchant, Pasternak and, and Bergeron, I mean they're always a threat similar to Pittsburgh, I guess the caps as well. Like you guys, I feel as though any given year can do it. And with that addition, I'd be really interested to see if they kind of, even though they've been struggling throughout the year, get hot, right at the right time, which has been more recently and are able to kind of carry that momentum into um, this playoffs. But like you said, I mean, whoever comes out of here, you're talking about playing the hurricanes who I still believe the goalies have to prove it for them to be a serious contender. Um, we're the lightning. So it's going to be tough to come out of the East and then face one of the big guns out West um, for all the reasons you guys listed.
0: Absolutely. So, well, we've, we've covered each of our teams, the playoffs. Is this Andy, are we ready to do this? with The whole Tom Wilson thing as he finishes his drink. Yeah. Oh,
4: there, you there you go smash a white claw smashes
0: it against his head
4: yeah i think i'm ready I think
0: all I'm right ready. so i'll i'll let you i'll let you kind of open it up because you know you're the rangers you were the the quote-unquote victims of this uh so
4: yeah i feel like ahead. we need the like the judge judy music to like the dun, 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 <laughs> defendant. you know yeah um so we'll set the scene for Anyone who's been living under a rock. Uh, Last night, the Rangers and the Caps played each other. uh, And in the course of the game, there was a scrum uh, where it just trying to look at it, you know, anecdotally, it looks like, you know, the game had been getting progressively chippier. I I know the Caps were upset with the refereeing at points. um, So, yeah, both teams were kind of throwing, you know, finishing their checks and throwing hits. Uh, at one point, there's a scrum kind of a pile up in front of the net, uh, in, in front of Vanacek for the caps. And uh, yeah, Buchnevich was kind of, I think, over him trying to get to a loose puck. Uh, it looks like Wilson comes behind him uh, or comes over him, I should say, with his stick. You know, he kind of holds it wide and he, and he kind of cross-checks him in the back or the back of the neck, I should say. And he punches him. It looks like he gives him a few rabbit punches to the head in the scrum. And then... It looks like then all hell breaks loose. Panarin, I think, tries to jump on Wilson's back. Uh Wilson doesn't like this, so he turns around and then they kinda get into a, a bit of a wrestling. And there's a lot of bodies everywhere, but it looks like as they kind of you know, Wes Macaulay's just kind of watching this go down, he's not doing anything. He's just kinda watching it happen. And then at some <laughs> point, you know, we've seen in subsequent replays it looks like Will it it seems like Wilson takes, you know, Panarin and, and like by the head and throws him to the ice. So obvious, and then uh, doesn't get, uh, you know, he gets sent to the box for roughing, or but at the same time, so does Panarin, and you know, Panarin's cut, um, and yeah, you know, when in the box, Wilson, you know, he's flexing, he's doing all this other stuff. So, all right, obviously, every like, I I really do feel it's literally, I, I really haven't outside of Caps fans, I really haven't, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm sure there's some people that are. On Wilson's side, because and I and in full in full disclosure, even though I'm not I, it's I was never really a Wilson hater. I wasn't like oh man, I would love to have Tom Wilson guy. But at the same time, I wasn't like one of these people like when is this gonna stop? Like you know, for years it's been like Islander fans have been like Tom Wilson needs to like be gone, and I was just like yeah, this guy plays on the edge, and he probably has to get it figured out. But then, you know, earlier this season, he gets suspended for what the hit on Brandon Carlo. Uh, so, and then just with everything that happened, not one, but two different things that I thought were worthy of something. And again, and my take on this whole situation and in surprisingly, do I think Wilson should have got suspended? Absolutely. I think he should have got a couple games. Like, you know i don't know what what that would equate to definitely the rest of the regular season and then maybe you know i don't know five playoff games or some just something but at the same time seeing the response and that the fact that the rangers then you know he only gets five find 5k and then the rangers have to put out a statement that's literally saying you know <laughs> and listen to put into context the rangers original six team they don't like clapping back at people on twitter they always try to like just kind of uphold their squeaky clean image. And they Sit literally just put out a statement tower. saying, Ge- George Paros is bad, at his, is unfit to do his job and should be fired. Like, which is w- crazy to think that this, you yeah. know, this, uh, this, you know, milk toast at times organization would put, put out a statement like that. The, the, the league has created this problem because this, this has happened before with Wilson and he just kind of gets a, you know, and, and and I will even concede, I think some of the hits in the past, Not if you go through his rap sheet, quote unquote, I don't necessarily think every hit. I think some are a reputation. Last night, though, I don't think those were a reputation. I think both of those, the Panarin one more so than the Buchnevich one, because obviously things happen in a scrum. I definitely understand that. Uh, I don't even mind the punches to the back of the head as much as it's the. I think, I do think holding a guy, pinning a guy down with your stick, I think that's dangerous. You know, I don't, the punches to the back of the head, I don't like it, but I, that I think is more understandable to me. It's un, I have not a clue in the fucking world why he didn't get something. I, why, and I, I was prepared. I knew he was, it was going to be disappointing no matter what, but just to not even get a single game for, you know, and only not even it's like the Panarin and doesn't get any subsequent uh, supplemental discipline. And it's just a five thousand dollar fine. And it, it seems like literally every hockey pundit on Twitter Outside of like a, you know, an idiot like a, a Mike Harrington or, a, you know, what's that Haggerty and Buff in uh, Boston, who everyone seems to fucking hate, you know, are the only <laughs> two people standing up for and I'm sure I'm sure there's people in you know Washington beat writers as well. But it seems like ev- literally every other hockey personality on Twitter has also said, like, this is this is fucking ridiculous. And and listen, I, I think I understand at least from. As you know, when you're you have a player that does something, and like it seems like every other fan base is coming after your guy. Yeah, obviously the coach is going to stick up for him, and then the fan base can rally around him. But listen, like I'm a Rangers fan. Like Tony D'Angelo is a shithead, and when he does shitty things, like you know, I have no problem being like, yeah, that was a, this guy's a, is a fucking idiot. Like so, the fact that like. I, I it's not it's like that. It's like it's got to be like it's, you either have to choose violence and support Tom Wilson or you can't just be like, I love what Wilson brings. H- I haven't seen any any Cavs fans being like, oh, I love what Wilson brings. But he's got to like just tone this shit down because he's going to hurt us. I haven't seen that once. It's either. I don't know why it has to be one or the other. I honestly I think that's like the path of least resistance is being like, you know what? This guy, he is a he has a unique skill set. He's a physical freak. He can, you know, for the fact that he's so big and strong, he skates like the wind and he can make some plays. And it's just like he just needs to learn to hone this. But instead, it's just like, you know, you it's almost like they fuel the fire and then the league doesn't do anything. And now you're we're in the situation we're in because now the Rangers, which are a soft team, they're soft as baby wipes before just because they're the youngest team in the league and they're rebuilding and they're trying to get you know and the players they maybe would have would have had are all out anyway Truba's hurt all- so he's been out Ryan Lindgren's hurt so he's out uh i guess that leaves Brendan Smith maybe <laughs> like you know what i mean and so now it, we have this thing where like rangers fans are like we're going to have to find some mutant in like the ECHL <laughs> or like call- <laughs> you know what i mean or or like call up like Mason Geertsen, who i think plays for Hartford who's like 6 foot 8 or something and It's, and like, and that's what they're saying. You have all these people, and it's, it's weird just to see people that are like, that they literally preface their tweet. I am not this guy, dot, 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 but it's time for like street justice. You know what I mean? And they break a bottle and they get a torch. So, uh, troll, I I am interested to, to hear your take on. I mean, I know what your take is on this, but I'm just saying, I'm like, (laughs) is it, do you, does it, does it feel like everyone is coming for your boy? Is that why you guys are riling around him so hard? Do you think at any point every time yeah
1: in, Rangers just signed Sean Avery to a one game contract <laughs> yeah.
0: but no, um, i mean you're, you're uh, exactly right yes it is every every time wilson does anything questionable um you're right i mean people are you know breaking the bottles and getting the pitchforks ready but here here's what so the initial play is what i have issue with probably the most okay. and that's right. when Buchnevich comes in he is actually on top of Wilson's stick. So Wilson's not like holding him down. He's just on top. The stick is like out. Buchnevich's neck happens to be there. So instead of, you know, ripping it out or, you know, being Sidney Crosby and, and you know, trying to shake it loose against PK Subban's head, um, he lets it go. And then I think something happened in the pile. And I think that what it was, was he perceived Buchnevich to be kicking at the puck. Because, you know, he's there trying to like get that goal and, you know, he sees skate blades going at Vanacek and it, you know, whatever the cause and he, he hits him, but I think he kind of, in one of the angles, it shows really well that he goes in with the punch and he's grabbing the jersey to like pull him over. Uh, So I don't think he really actually hit him in the head, but that was the one initially I was like, oh, that's, that's the suspension there. Um, The Panarin slammed to the ground. I took that as they're fighting. You know, this is two guys going uh, because at this point, there's three blue jerseys, basically all trying to maul Tom Wilson. Panarin is the closest and Tom Wilson basically just kind of gives him the in the head to get off. And then Panarin does come around with a nice right hook. And at that point, it's over. I mean, when you throw one punch. No matter how many punches you've thrown in the past, it becomes a two-way street now and they're fighting. And I think that's kind of what Tom Wilson did. Um And to throw him down without the helmet, you know, I mean, I think that I – again, like you said, Tom Wilson being the freak that he is and how strong he is, maybe he doesn't know his own strength or I don't know. No, he knows his own strength, I'm sure. But I'm, I'm sure he, he meant to use, throw yeah, him down. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm really, six
3: foot three. I'm a giant man. But I I don't go around smashing doors because <laughs> you know, I, I don't know my strength.
0: But like, the point is, is that at this point, I believe Tom Wilson thought they were fighting. And he threw Panarin down, which was unfortunate. Uh, and then he gets on top of him, gives him a couple little like gloved smacks to the head. He does do that. And keeps him down. I mean, you know, don't get up. Don't get up after this when we're fighting. Um, at that point, I thought he showed a little bit of restraint. I mean, he could have really hurt Panarin in that situation. Uh, although, I guess he is hurt. What? What did he? What did he? What's the injury? I thought it was a lower body injury. He's out with. Is that not right?
4: I mean, that, that yeah, I think they say lower body, but it's from they like they asked him was it from play or was it from the, the the fall so i i think everyone because they saw get thrown down with the head that they were like oh did he get concussed and it's going to be like a concussion thing i think it was just you know landing on his either back or lower back from getting thrown to the ice so but i mean before you know we keep going i do want to hear what uh everyone else has to think what, yes. what 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 are your thoughts pile on, on. This, pile on please
1: To be completely honest, when I looked at this play, it's a, there's a lot that happens in just about a minute. The initial thing, I'm kind of the opposite as hockey troll. The initial thing I didn't think was very much because he did, he was underneath his stick and there was something to be said about the motion that he had. But to me, it looked like he hit his nameplate when he went to do that little rabbit punch. The angles that I've seen, it didn't look like he hit him in the head there. Right. But I can see how if you're Strom, who immediately reacted, from the angle you're looking at, he probably thought he did start just clocking him in the head. So then, of course, people pile on. I'm not sure if Panarin was trying, and, and I'm not one to judge from where I'm at, I don't know if Panarin was trying to pull him off, and he's just so much smaller than Wilson that he had to leave his feet to even reach his shoulders. Yeah, it, looked,
4: it looked like, you know, like in the Goonies, they're jumping yeah. on, on like the bad guy's back to try yeah. to get him to like leave their buddy alone. That's basically yeah. what it looked like.
1: And... Wilson, being the freak that he is, basically turned his hips and threw Panarin back into the boards, which caused another big scrum. I more so have the problem with when Panarin's helmet is off, you're in a scrum there, but that's not a fight. Because if it's a fight, you're dropping your gloves. You're not sitting there playing handsy with each other. And then with Wilson, what it looked like when he grabbed Panarin's head and then also forearmed him at the same time, that's what I had the issue with. And the fact that the fine is basically for what he did to Buchnevich and they kind of just tossed what he did to and aside as, well, we handled that. That, to me, was the problem I had. But the biggest thing I had was the fact that the linesmen were sitting there looking like they're getting ready to have a beer, leaning up against the cage while there's 10 players in a melee. Like, that is an issue with player safety, a 100%, because you should be, at that point, all hands on deck trying to pull whatever you have in front of you apart but no i had more an issue with the way he took panarin down than i did with what he did to buchnevich
4: matt joe anything <laughs> to add
3: matt you want to go first
2: yeah sure um i mean initially yeah i think the first part looks somewhat bad um i i did see the video i don't know who posted it about like trying to claim that he was kicking the goalie or something like that. That was definitely not the case. I don't really care if like you're thinking that the person I played defense growing up and if I was in a pile and I saw someone kicking at the puck to to try to kick it in illegally. I mean, my first reaction would not be let me rabbit punch this person in the head a couple of times, but I mean, it is what it is. Like I don't really care about that as much as I think it's just the culmination of everything. So it's the play that seemingly looks like a potential cross check to the neck. If it is, or isn't, I'm not like overly upset about that play too much. He could then kind of get away with that. If he didn't just rabbit punch him a couple of times after the fact, and then follow it up with seemingly grabbing Panarin by his hair when he throws him down, which is another kind of suspect move. In my opinion, I just think, I don't think anything was that egregious to the point like the Rangers post made it seem to be Um,
0: horrific violence act or whatever the fuck (laughs) they called it. (laughs) Jesus Christ. I don't think
2: (laughs) a little hyperbolic. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm not the type of person who thinks like hitting should be out of the NHL, like fighting should be out of the NHL. I love all of that. But at the same time, I do believe because of his reputation, the fact and the fact that you have a superstar player in Artemi Panarin being hurt and out for the rest of the season, which is typically something that the Department of Player Safety looks to to dictate suspensions. And they just completely disregard that fact and give him a $5,000 fine. I mean, it's just a terrible look on the Department of Safety because their whole point is that if you're a repeat offender, you're kind of held to a different standard, and that wasn't the case, so.
1: Well, what if, what if
0: it was Ovechkin that did this instead of Tom Wilson?
2: I mean, I would probably have the same thought. Maybe I wouldn't think he would get as many games. Um, just because again, it's a reputation. It's, it's like he's gone over the edge to the point where he shouldn't have injured someone when he had the chance to kind of pull off. Like my whole thing is. You look at it, it's Panarin going after you, right? Like he's so strong. He doesn't have to fully engage. He can keep him at arm's length. I do understand it's the heat of the moment. He also has to understand how he's viewed in the league's eyes, I feel like, at a certain point. Like I'm not saying he doesn't have to protect himself, but I don't think he has to worry about Artemi Panarin's 165-pound glove <laughs> punch. Like he can handle himself against Ryan Reeves. I think he can handle kind of just keeping himself at bay. I mean, it's a right um, cross, though.
0: He does, Panarin does throw a solid punch to the face, like in that scrum. He does claw, he does talk back and just, I mean, you can see him clearly give him one right across. And I mean, it throws Wilson's head back. I, it is a punch nonetheless. I will say no, that. Yeah. I'm not
2: saying he didn't engage, but I just, I just think Tom Wilson, which he obviously hasn't, like should at this point understand how he's being viewed by the league. I'm not saying he should completely change his game because I think he's an extremely effective player. And I just believe that he is someone that continually crosses the line and just, I don't want to say hasn't been held to account for it, but I I believe he at least should have gotten like the NHL could have avoided like a whole mess if they just gave him like a game or two, which wouldn't really have impacted You guys all that much, but shows a message that they seem to care. I mean, department safety is like it's a joke, in my
1: opinion. The problem is the fact that they're so inconsistent. They and I, I for some reason I went to bat for Tom Wilson earlier this season when they suspended him seven games and gave the reasoning being, basically, in not so many words, he's suspended because he's Tom Wilson, and they did that to him earlier in the season. Yet when he does something actually like this they give him a slap on the wrist. So it's a problem that, as Andy said, they created this monster on their own. And Washington has their hand in it too. And I hate to make the comparison because as far as talent-wise, they're completely different. But Matt Cook for the Penguins back in the day, I'm sure every one of your fan bases hated him because he did similar things. He did dirty things. And it got to the point where management had to sit him down and say, if you continue to do this, you're not going to have a spot on this team because you're hurting this team. And I feel like Washington has a part as well, the Capitals organization, in not looking at him, saying, hey, listen, this is going to hurt this team because they need him on the ice. He's that good of a player. And whenever he gets suspended, which he didn't this time, but he gets suspended for seven games earlier in the season, that hurts the Capitals.
2: And that sets the precedent. And that's what you talk about for inconsistency is like, if that's what you're saying, like he hit him kind of high, the hit itself isn't seven games worthy. But because it was Tom Wilson, they're turn they're kind of looking at that rap sheet, as you mentioned, Andy. Like that's why they gave it to him. So if that's the case, then you can't turn around later on the season and then just say like, we're not going to consider anything you previously did.
4: Yeah, and and who get? I mean, so he gets served. Uh, he gets fined five k. Uh, who got? What's his face just got? I, it's the same amount that uh who threw his helmet at who who was that a few mckinnon weeks ago? McKinnon.
1: McKinnon. Yeah,
4: mckinnon chucked his bucket at someone they find him 5k so now in the and that's the thing is that this just this goes kind of like both ways even with minor infractions you're gonna have players like you're you're gonna find me 5k when you know i i got angry and chucked my bucket at someone's like you know uh I got a chest protector. Meanwhile, this guy like you know grab <laughs> grab someone by the head and like kind of almost gave him you know scooped him back and threw him to the ice like on his you know head and his back. So, yeah. And again, like yes, I I do think Wils like Wilson is you know like I said I don't think everything he's ever been suspended for was like absolutely him trying to hurt someone. But I I do feel it does seem like the fact that it's never really it's never like he's never got anything that you see him flexing in the box and all this stuff. I do think it's just that I think management like and because it's like this thing where it it only it never comes from up top. It never comes from player safety. So it comes from like hockey Twitter and pundits. And then management has to then like shield him and wrap themselves around him. Be like, no, like he's you, every team, every, everyone in the league would love to have this guy and they're jealous. And then all the fans are like, yeah, you're jealous of this guy and St. Thomas and all this other, other horse shit. And then oh, now you have that's this a, guy. That's mine. And that's you have this guy. Entirely, yes, exactly. <laughs> and now you have this guy like flexing. And he's like, yeah, everyone hates me. I misunderstood. So I'm going to give you what you want. And I'm going to be the villain. And they like, and it's like, I don't, at the end of the day, I don't know if I really blame Tom Wilson for all this. I, I mean, yeah, I blame him a, a, a good bit, but like at the same <laughs> thing is that we keep saying it's you like at the end him. Oh my god! I mean, no, I, I blame like I blame him for this incident, but at the same time, is that the fact that it's gotten to this point? The league, I blame the league more. Like I blame Tom Wilson for this. This specific incident, I absolutely like it. I th- I thought it was fucking dirty. And like, even if you can maybe say on the Buchnevich thing, he thought he was in the scrum, the Panarin thing. I thought he should have got something before. I thought it was horseshit. he didn't. I thought he should at least get the rest of the season and a couple games into the playoffs. But he doesn't get anything for that. He doesn't get shit for that. And he gets five, find 5K. And again, it becomes this thing where now that they don't do anything, it almost, it like fuels that. That right, self righteousness from his his camp being like, see, I didn't do anything wrong, and all these people are coming after me. Well, they're just what, and it's almost like it almost gases him up to do more, and that's the thing, and that's why I said now you have all these people going who are like, oh, I'm not this guy, or like fighting should be banned, but at the same time, like now we need to take matters in our own hands, and like I said, the Rangers don't have that's like not how they're constructed. They're the youngest team in the league. They're like they're a bunch of like half of them still have spots on their face like they're not they don't <laughs> have anyone like you know what i mean so it's just now it's creating that expectation now there's this expectation that this team of like you know teenagers has to like exact their pound of flesh from from tom wilson you know what i mean and none of them are up to the task because right, like which you know is not going to
0: happen like but here's the thing tom wilson will answer a bell you want to fight no he'll he'll fight you
4: well no. yeah that's but again that's what i'm saying is that like it's i don't have any problem if wilson tried to to just literally cold cock panarin in the face it's just it's like and that's but that's the thing it's like it's never i don't think anyone has a problem with tom wilson the guy who like fights people i think people have problem with tom wilson the guy who like throws late hits and like you know Aaron elbows and knees and like you know, or slew foot guys or throws them down. You know what I mean? So it's like, again, I don't think it's a now. And that's the thing is that now this get, becomes deeper into the waters of like the hockey code and like, you know, having to. And then right. it's like it almost a rate it's because now it becomes more about how, how what's the answer than the initial thing. We're all going to forget about this and it's going to be about this. Oh, well, now the Rangers play the caps again tomorrow night. What's going to happen? And we're almost going to like. It's like as much as there's this initial outrage, especially from the Rangers. Now it's going to be it's like it's just they don't focus on that. Now it's going to be focused on like, well, did the Rangers they have to do the league's not going to protect them. So what are they going to do? Is they, so so let's say they hire or hire. Let's say they, they call up some guy from the coast or the AHL to fight Wilson. And Let's say they fight and it goes on for two minutes and it's like they both fall to the, the ice at some point or whatever. One of them gets the better of the other or whatever, no matter what the outcome is. Then both, everyone's tapped their sticks and it's like, yeah, we, we finally, you know, he answered the bell, like he called him out and he answered the bell and we finally like, you know, me- mediated out justice or whatever. You know, Panera's still out for the season. Doesn't do shit for me. Doesn't do right. shit for the Rangers. Like, you know what I mean? They're <laughs> out are Obviously, they're not making the playoffs, but it's like it just becomes it's just it's just furthering passing the buck from player safety and the league who doesn't protect its players you know what i mean
0: vigilante justice of of violent besets violence and perpetuates more violence is kind of what you're you're worried about in that sense of like devolving the nhl into. it's not even yeah i just
4: i'm just worried about the league once again not having to to be responsible for its own incompetence that's really it because that's what it's it's the 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 narrative and the discussion has is literally turning into that now. It's like oh, they're not going to do anything. They're a joke. So now we have to, and it's almost like it feels like that already. That initial groundswell of like holding their feet to the fire. Although I'm glad the Rangers came out with that statement because that almost it seemed to be going that way. And I'm like nothing's going to happen. So I do I do wonder now what's going to happen. Are they going to find the Rangers more than Wilson got fined just for saying 100%. like that? Oh, yeah, yeah they I mean, obviously, whoever Dol, you know, the Knicks are good. So James Dolan, they probably said, "Hey, we want to put this out," and he said, "You can just do whatever. You can light my checkbook on fire. I don't care." Like the Knicks are in the uh, the playoffs, baby. So like, he doesn't give a shit. <laughs> but yeah, it's just again, it it's just it's like I almost want. Yeah, I, I nothing will come of it because obviously they'll never go back and say, oh, well, we got this one wrong. Or, or after further review, we have hired a review board to overlook or to, you know, to review the review, <laughs> the review process that George Paris and the Department of Player Safety went through. So it's too late now. You know what I mean? It's just and that's I just I don't know. It just feels like sooner or later, some what, and it might not even be Wilson or he might not even be involved. But I just feel like this things like this have ramifications down the line and it's like someone's going to get hurt or paralyzed or worse. And it's going to be something that was ultimately avoidable. And it's literally, even if you have to, it could have been a a situation where they're just like, if anything that involves the head is like a game or close to it or something, even if it was accidental and it sucks, but at the same time, and it's going to happen to everyone then because that shit happens all the time. But at the very least you'll be like, well, they're trying and it's like, it's some form of just and but just the fact that something that seemingly even if it was, let's say, let's give him the benefit for that, even if it was accidental, like, you know, it's the same way you kind of have to be responsible for your stick. You have to be responsible for what you're doing out there if you're, you know, <laughs> going to get involved with someone. So, I, again, I just I am i don't know why there wasn't anything for the Panarin play, uh, even if the Bucinevich I thought there should have been something, too. But just, yeah, again, like. As if I am furious with Wilson, trust me, and I'm right. I'm trying to be as fair and unbiased as possible, but at the same time, I still can't help but feel that the person, the, the league, is the most responsible for this. But Wilson is obviously very close, you know, right behind it.
0: Sure, Joe. I, I we've kind of you've been chirping in, but wh- what's your take?
3: Yeah, I, listen. When Tom Wilson got drafted, I'm pretty sure. The, I mean, he got taken right before the Flyers right after the Flyers picked Scott Lawton. And you'd be crazy to think the Flyers weren't really looking at Tom Wilson because that's the kind of player the Flyers would love to have. They, You know, we're not original six like the Rangers, but, I mean, we made our name in beating people up. <laughs> that's how we won two Stanley Cups. Um, but even for me, it's gotten to be too much now. Um, he, he's crossed into th- that, that kind of Matt Cook territory. Like, he's there now. And it's a shame because he is a unicorn. He is such a good player. He has so many amazing tools. And then he just does shit like this. And I, I don't understand it. I, I don't buy into the argument that it's the heat of the moment. Throw that shit out, okay? You're a grown man. Handle it. You know, you've got 150-pound soaking wet Artemi Panarin. No helmet. You're going to throw him to the ice? He could have cracked his skull open. He could He could be dead. Literally, he could have died if he hit his head the right way we would be having a, a horrific discussion. This is a grown man with massive strength, incredible skill. Why He doesn't need to do this, and yet he continues to just keep crossing over the line a little and a little. And for what it's worth, I didn't think he deserved seven games for that hit on Brandon Carlo. It was a little – it was, you know, it's gray. It was the gray area, but seven, I, I was shocked when it was that many. I would have gone maybe three, maybe two. But, and then you followed up with $5,000 and he sneezes that. I mean, come on. It's just a really bad look for the league when forever now they've been talking up concussion protocol and concussion this and that. And you've got a guy with no helmet, one of the best players in the entire world. And you let him get thrown to the ice with no helmet. And there's just a $5,000 fine. That's it. And again, the Rangers are as white toast, boring. You know, original six, as it gets, you don't hear a word from them that the letter they sent out to their fans for the rebuild, like that was unbelievable. I couldn't believe they even did that. Um, it's just it's it's they are very quiet. And for them, the, the letter was over the top, by the way, extremely hyperbolic. But I mean, <laughs> I was shocked when it came out. I was reading it. I was I mean, I was laughing a little bit, but I mean, you get this kind of Texas justice now, like what's going to happen? Again, Rangers have nobody. They don't have anyone that can fight. I-, I joked on our podcast yesterday. Go get Jody Shelley back and have him come up and fight him. Yeah, but like
4: Col- Colt, signed to a piece. I, <laughs> <Colton Orr. laughs>
3: I, I, I really like Tom Wilson. I-, I, I enjoyed his style of play. I really like physicality, but I just, I-, I don't, I don't understand why he does the things he does. And it's oh, gotten to the point so- where it's just, it's very bizarre for someone with that much skill to, to ha- have done this again. So that, that's where I'm at with it. I can't make heads or tails of it. It's just bizarre. Uh,
0: this is, first w- thing. well, let me just, one defense of it is, <clears throat> and I, I know that I'm, <laughs> there's it's hard to defend this crowd, but um, <laughs> look, I mean, this is the first time that he's been, I feel like in a long time, I'm thinking back to his suspensions. They've always been between the whistle plays, right? Hits, maybe too high, maybe too late, but this is one of the first times that he's ever been suspended for like antics that are between whistles. Uh, I mean, after the whistle, I mean, am, am I wrong here? Am I wrong? I can't remember in recent memory. Like, him- But
3: I would give more credence. I give more credence to hits than I do after whistle plays because after whistle plays, it's not a bang, bang play. You sure. are at full mental capacity. So I, I don't give you as much leniency. The, right. Well, let that yeah, that's Scarlo, what I'm saying. I give, I give more leniency to the hit against Sunquist in, in the, in the, not even a real game. It was an exhibition and he destroyed him in the middle of open ice. It was Scott Stevens, Eric Lindros. It was the same exact hit or Paul Korea Insert name there. And we've seen that a thousand times, but I give no credence to, oh, you know, he, he's got to have his head on his shoulders. He, sure.
0: He's so good of a player. He doesn't need to do this. And this is what I was going to say is that this is kind of the first time he's been punished or come into the negative spotlight based on goon type uh activities if you will um dude but the the thing that i keep going back to is that, like and i know that i have the blinders on a hundred percent but what if this was somebody else like gallagher or kachuk or uh you know literally anybody else other than tom wilson
3: if they body slammed artemi panera to the ice without a helmet would i have the same reaction Yes. Yeah, yes. Probably yes, yes, yes,
4: yes. Yeah. And, and, he and the problem is
3: he, he loses all benefit of the doubt because of everything else he's done. It's it's just the way it works, right? I mean, he's known the, as the a guy the, that the flexing the in the
4: box. After that, <laughs> did,
3: did yeah, that didn't him. really help either. I mean, he really okay.
1: With the benefit of the doubt, I think the four of us that aren't from Washington podcasts have done as much as we can to give Tom Wilson the benefit of the doubt here on this podcast. But at the same time, how do you defend watching tom wilson take a guy 100 pounds lighter than him and basically bouncing his head off the ice like a basketball i mean i'm sure there's some russian mobsters that are happy about it but other than that if unless you're from russia or washington you saw that for what it was which was a dangerous play to make
4: well it's it's gonna be interesting because now i'm looking on twitter and in that fight or that wrestling match between connect me and and crosby (laughs) it looks like crosby like, off the, like yeah, 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 he yeah, yeah, same thing. he almost book. tries to do this and like you're gonna it'll be obviously now if I'm for trying to to uh I guess project what I hockey Twitter looks like tomorrow, there's gonna be I'm sure there are gonna be people being like Obviously, you have the old hockey guard will defend Crosby and say, well, this is different. You know, he's Sidney Crosby's, you know, Captain Canada. He's a leader or whatever. Then you're going to have people that are like, no, it looks like he almost tried to do the same thing. He should also get something for this. Uh, and then it would be it would be hilarious to me if they're like, well, man, we really fucked up that Wilson one. They give like, <laughs> I mean, Crosby
3: I, three I, games. Ultimately, all, only
4: serving to make Caps fans and, the, and hockey troll a happy boy, you know, by trying to be like, you know, like we, we really fucked this up. But we can't have the, you know, the fly, you know, the Flyers now coming after us, too. You know, so <laughs> this is been Sidney Crosby. Point, for, though, like, Andy,
0: <laughs> this happens once a week. Well, Maybe not I, to the severity, it, will, yeah, but these will, after yeah. whistle scrums where helmets get popped and guys fall down, maybe not in the severity, but it happens once a week. And this is why I don't understand. I mean, this is why I feel like because it's Tom Wilson, I mean, and it, because it's Tom Wilson, there's extra vitriol poured on, poured on this.
4: Well, y- there yes, is. there is, but at the same time, It's like I don't think Tom Wilson just. It's it's, it's not like Tom Wilson just keeps finding himself on the wrong street corner, being like, (laughs) ah, wrong place, wrong time. Yeah, and it's not even because there's plenty of guys that play a game. You know, as maybe obviously he's unique in that he is like so fast for how big he is, so kind of adds some impact. But again, it's like, yeah, I just. I think it's one of those things that, yeah, obviously there's can always be a room for like, you know, maybe he just wanted to blanked out or he wanted. To... <laughs> <laughs> Paul, I think she's throwing the book across. <laughs> um, what you know, if he could say is just like, you know, it's like we were going at it, and I was just in my head, I was like just going to try to ragdoll doll, but I wasn't trying to specifically, you know, bounce his head off. But again, it just looks like he just takes two hands and puts him on the cranium, and literally just, you know, almost uses his hips to help him. Yeah, exactly, and it's just, and like you said, the fact that it's between the whistles because I'm I'm watching Cro- during a play Crosby and Kinnockney wrestling and one's atop the, the other, and then they kind of, but yeah, it looks like Crosby snapped for a moment and almost tries to like do the same thing, only albeit in because they're in a, they're already like wrestling, it's and they're already kind of hunched over, and because it's not, it doesn't close, look it, yeah. does, it definitely doesn't look as um as severe, but like. I do think if it if it looks like that, you know, if I watch it again and it looks like the intent is to drive the head, I think any I that's why I'm saying before anything that has to do with it looks like intent to do anything with the head, like whether I don't care what degree of severity it is, like I think you that's the things they need to be going after, you know, big and small, and that's I think that's the biggest thing is that it's like you literally had Andrew Shaw retire last week due to concussions, and like now it's like. There's something this shit's happening and and I don't know it's just again i I'm obviously disappointed that nothing came of it i'm not so- I'm not one of these people who thinks like Tom Wilson shouldn't be allowed in the the n h l yeah but at the same time, I do think it's like you know I think there's a bit like if you if they fail to like show the severity of it. I think in his mind it does get downplayed or it's like, he's kind of like, listen, and cause I, I don't think he's that like, I don't know if I, it's like, I don't think he's a sociopath. I think he enjoys the role he fills and plays, but at the same time, it's like, I do think it's, you can get, re, you can get wrapped up in those things. I think Matt cook and your Sean Avery's and these guys, they get, they literally, they, that becomes their identity. And it's like that they that's what they tell themselves this is what i have to do and i think they get wrapped up in it so yeah i think ultimate as you know like he, i think he should have got s- something for that and but still the i'm i'm lying if i'm saying i'm not more disappointed in the fact that players you know player safety continues continues to be just an absolute joke so but sure. well uh we get to go back and forth and all and all night i actually have to record my own podcast now uh, so I, I i have to i have to wrap this up but uh Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the league does now with the Rangers statement because, and obviously that these teams play each other tomorrow night. So I don't, I haven't seen any strange call-ups for the Rangers. Like I said, I don't know if they, like I said, they have some, some in the, in the ECHL, they have like test tubes going and they're going to like,
3: I heard Donald Brashear is on a train right (laughs) now. They they took
4: took a, they took a, they somehow got a, a, a a swab of Tony twist saliva. And like they have Probert's like, you know, blood somewhere. So they're going to make something in a test tube or something, but we'll see.
0: Yeah. And, and we can wrap this up, but to your point, I mean, I think that, if if the NHL is really serious about this, and I've said this, the only, the reason that I defend Tom Wilson is because a lot of the hits that I think that he makes, and a lot of things he's gotten suspended for are, and as said, as Nick said, um, like especially the last one, it doesn't. It, they did it because it's Tom Wilson. What they need to do is put a rule that says if you make any head contact, whatever. Uh, in the sense of a glancing blow or a full-on, you know, smash to the head with your elbow. It's, at the very least, a two-minute to a five-minute major that affects in-game play, immediately repercussions, and then it's an automatic, like, check with the with the Department of Player Safety for a minimum of X amount of whatever punishment. They should just literally outlaw any head contact whatsoever between whistles, during play, um that's the uh much like a high stick is called, like you said, Andy. I mean that's I think the the way that they need to do it, uh to make any real change. But the league seems so uninterested in making that change. And um the Department of Player Safety is just kind of their patsy and being aimlessly trotted around like a chicken with its head cut off. It's literally like that South Park episode. It's like, What are we gonna give this guy? And they they cut the chicken's head off and throw it on the thing. Five games, two games, play the kazoo. Right. Um, So I don't know what, what, I guess we can leave it at that. I thought that that was going to get a little bit more heated. I'm so glad Andy, that you were able to uh, join us today. So uh, as we wrap up, why don't you uh, take the first uh, plug for your podcast and, and let us know where we can find you.
4: Yeah. So you can follow us on Twitter at Broadway boys pod. Uh, We also have a link tree which is also slash uh, Broadway boys pod. So there'll be links for wherever you listen to your podcasts for our YouTube account, where we occasionally put up videos, our Instagram. Uh, Yeah. And again, uh, James and I will be covering uh, our thoughts, obviously with not this diplomatically (laughs) uh, on our pod that drops Thursday morning. So there'll definitely be more cursing and, and tough guy when it's just me and James in our echo chamber, but uh, <laughs> I am, I am, I, I am, I am proud of myself because I did try to be as uh, level, you know. Because with these things, I think you have to be, especially if you want to get to the root of like how does it get better? Because it, I think when you get like the tribalism of like our guy versus your guy, and it doesn't really do anyone else good. Because again, it could be some person for who's playing who hasn't put, suited up for the Kraken yet, who eventually gets, you know, is the you know, uh, reaps the you know, unfor- the poor benefits of not them not taking this shit seriously. So, yeah, follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod. New podcast every Monday and Thursday. And uh, boys, it was a lot of uh, it was an interesting one, but it was also a lot of fun.
0: Absolutely, as always, man. Um, if uh, who's next? You guys want to? Joe, you want to give the final plug? Sure. Yeah,
3: you can. Uh, you can follow me, Matt, and Mike over at Three Pigeons Pod on Twitter. Um, we'll probably drop this as, uh, as a full episode for our, uh, for our listeners. Cause we've done this with the Penguins boys in the past too. And, and some of the Boston guys, we like to have different views and, and different takes on, on, you know, on teams. Cause like I said at the very start of this, you know, we're still hockey fans at the end of the day. We just love watching hockey. So, um, obviously again, biggest off season the Flyers have had in a decade. So if you want Flyers talk, if you want to hear us either praise or scold Chuck Fletcher. Check us out on Twitter, Apple, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcasts, you can you can listen to me and Matt yell at Mike, who's the voice of reason between the three of us.
0: Absolutely. Good stuff. Uh do you have a personal handle that you would like to direct people to? Um
3: you could check me out. I don't even know what my personal Twitter handle is. Hang on. Uh <laughs> it is Joe underscore Geezy underscore. You can come at me, Tom Wilson Defenders. Again, <laughs> I like the guy. I, I I he's very, very skilled. I don't think he needs to act the way he does, so that's uh, if you if you want to come in in my DMs, you're welcome. I'm I'm a civilized man. We can have a, a nice discussion. So <laughs> come one and all.
0: All right, uh, Matt, what's up, man? Show tell us where you can find you.
2: Uh oh, Matt, hey. you there, buddy? Yeah, that was weird. Uh, hold up, getting like a million calls here apparently. Um, <laughs> it's yeah, Marky's so yelling it's at three- us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just to reiterate what, jo- uh, what Joe said, obviously the three pigeons pod on Twitter. My, uh, my Twitter is typical Matt five. Um, probably not going to respond to you if you were say <laughs> something about Tom Wilson or something. Don't really have time for that, but, um, yeah, like Joe said, being a Flyers fan is tough right now, but we are excited to watch some, some really good games in the, in the Metro in the playoffs. So definitely look forward to being part of that discussion and see kind of how things shake out. Absolutely. And uh, Berlanski, I guess, we will we'll give you a shot too. I don't know.
1: <laughs> you can follow our show at Iceberg Podcast on Twitter, on Instagram. We are at the Tip of the Iceberg Podcast on YouTube now. So if you want to see this ugly face a little bit more often, you can go on YouTube. Uh, Tip of the Iceberg Podcast on Facebook as well. You can follow me at Nick underscore Berlanski on Twitter. Coming up for the podcast, we have Josh Yoey on Thursday's episode from The Athletic. We're kind of just going to break down – where the Penguins are at right now heading into the playoffs and some weaknesses going into the Stanley Cup playoffs. And then, of course, with Thursday's episode coming up, that'll be the first time I get Horwat in front of a mic since the Tom Wilson thing. And he will probably not be as diplomatic as me or Andy or either the Pigeons Pod guys. So definitely tune in for that reaction because although we don't have it on the docket, we do have a Thursday segment weekly that is called Shoutouts and Callouts. And I have to believe that there's going to be some sort of call out from Horwath. So definitely tune into that. If you want to hear his take and I'll probably be a little less diplomatic too. I believe he should have gotten, you know, the rest of the season in the first four of the playoffs, but that's something for oh, a different day. Uh I guess I'll, I'll close it at that troll. You still got to give yours though.
0: Yeah. Berlansky, I think that your face is probably one of the best things about the podcast, bud. Um, oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, you can find me at hockey trolling with an I in uh, repping the uh, Washington Capitals as always at caps chirp uh, Tuesdays or Mondays and Thursdays, sorry, is when we release. So uh, check us out. We'll definitely also be talking about Tom Wilson, probably a much more brighter light than everybody else who has piled on today, uh, which I can, which I can absolutely understand. Um, he's a big boy. He's strong. He scores goals. Um, he's a patron saint. So who knows? Uh, check it at, Check us out. And um, I guess we'll cut it at that. Thanks for tuning in to the East division podcast, the mass mutual East. I don't know if we're going to get uh, sued for the saying that, but whatever <laughs> um, <laughs> until next time we'll have to do this again, boys uh, definitely maybe like middle of the playoffs or something. So thanks to all of you for joining and um, for all the listeners, thanks for tuning in and, and watching the live stream.